All right. Can you still see me? Yes. You're actually cool. taking up the full screen now. <laughs> Yay! Okay. I had it locked. I was like, why am I like up and down? What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Gizmo's Corner yet again. Got a little bit of episodics going on. Uh, joining me, very first time guest I have from the Ladies of Metal Show podcast, uh, Carly. What's going on? Hey! Oh my gosh, so exciting. Um, haven't seen you in like, I want to say three months in person. Yeah, because we wrapped up our last acting class in February, and then I haven't seen you since then. So it's great to see you. Yeah, great to see you too. And you know what? It feels like it feels like forever ago since uh, since we were at class. This quarantine is really dragging out, and it's making me forget what human interaction is all about. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what have you been up to lately? How's uh, how's life during quarantine? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's not really much to do um, because we're in the old entertainment biz, which is shut down until question mark. Um, so yeah, I can't really work, can't work from home. Um, my other job is like, I work at a music venue, so that's also closed. So in the meantime, I've just been trying to do podcasts, which has been really fun because everybody's at home. So it's like easier to kind of like get in touch with people and just trying to do like some at home workouts, a lot of running outside. I don't know, trying to do some self taping and auditions. But, like, not a lot of stuff is even doing that anymore. So, I don't know. Trying to stay busy or as busy as I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. With uh, You know, it really sucks right when we're starting to get into the groove of our careers and everything. This happens. It's like you see all these opportunities starting to open up. And then out of nowhere, everything just shuts down. And it's like, no! Like, <laughs> I know! And especially with taking acting classes and being on set and like, you know, projects even coming to Atlantic city and Philly and everything was just like so exciting. And there was all this momentum and yeah. And now it's just like a halt and we don't know when it's coming back. So it's just kind of a weird, a weird position to be in, I guess, since it's like, I don't know, it's part of my income. So yeah. Did you know when it's coming back? (laughs) Did you, uh, did you like get to file for unemployment or anything like that? Yeah, um, I filed back in March, but, um, and I've been filing like bi-weekly, but I haven't gotten any money yet. (laughs) Oh no, um, you're one of them. Yes. So I'm on like ultimate delay. I mean, I'm sure I'll get it eventually, but like, (laughs) I mean, it's going through, but then it took me a while to get like the Trump money, like the stimulus. Um, but I finally got that like last week. So. Oh, that's good. I don't know. It's good that I'm like a, a big saver because I'm always like, oh, you never know what's going to happen. So, and you know, this happened. So I guess like I'm fine, but yeah, but it just sucks because like, I don't know. Act, I don't think of acting as like just a job. It's like so much fun and I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. that I feel the exact same way as you do. Like the, for me, acting isn't so much about the money. I mean, yeah, it's sweet, yeah. but like at the same time you know it's more of like uh it's it is fun and it's like you know more of a passion as it is uh feeling obligated to go do something you're going there and you're doing what you want to do right so like 
The money's just a bonus. <laughs> it is a bonus. It's like I would do this for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I oh my god, if I could act all day for the rest of my life and not have to worry about like finances and not be paid for it, I definitely would do it. Yeah, but that's how you know that you're probably like in the right place. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, so it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Everybody tuning in here. You know, this is the episodics. We are going to be talking about a show, the certain show we're going to be talking about. I thought Carly would be awesome for this because it is about acting and it's about Hollywood. And the show is entitled Hollywood. Yeah, uh, on Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, I had started watching it. Well, before we get into it, I did have a couple questions that uh, I just wanted to, you know, ask you. So. You know, get okay. to know you a little bit for the listeners and whatnot. Cool. So, Carly, starting off, you were a radio personality at one point in time, weren't you? Yeah. So I went to Penn State for broadcasting, and that's like the only thing I ever wanted to do in my whole life was like be on the radio. And people told me my whole life, like, oh, you have a great radio voice. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went to college to be um, a radio personality. And I did like internships. Like one of my favorite ones was at MMR in Philly. And wow. I was like, oh, cool. Like when I graduate, they'll just hire me. And then they weren't hiring. So, oh. <laughs> which is like pretty on par for radio. And then, so that's how I ended up in Atlantic City. I got a job in like the Atlantic City radio market. And then I just ended up down there for like nine years. Just kind of I don't know. Like, that was not my plan. But um, I co-hosted a morning show down there for five years. And then I was also working part-time at 96.5 in Philly. And then they eventually hired me full-time. So I was working on the morning show there. And then I had my own show in the afternoon. And then last year, the company decided to, like, part ways with me. And they didn't give me a reason. So I was never given a reason to, like, why. They, they were, like, you know, I had a contract and like everything was fine. And I wasn't like, you know, like the company didn't like downsize or anything. It was just like, the, the most bizarre thing ever. So that happened last summer. And I was like, you know, after 10 years of working in radio and making like not that much money and like working weird hours and like having like weird commitments, um, I think I'm out. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I like kind of tried to find like another gig in, in Philly and radio. And then I was like, you know what? I, I don't think this is for me. Um, and that's kind of how I started acting full time instead. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I've been doing that ever since like last summer and it's been so much fun and I've had like the best time and I wish that I would have gone full time way sooner and maybe not been so invested in radio because there was no like return on it. It was yeah. kind of being in a like an abusive relationship oh no <laughs> like you're you just like stick around for this person that keeps like i don't know like you're not getting anything out of the relationship so yeah so long story short i do not regret leaving the industry in any way and i'm so glad to be acting now instead so i want to say i mean with radio especially nowadays i mean radio not to put a you know, negative spin on it or anything, but radio now competing with millions and millions and millions of people doing podcasts, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's not, I don't want to say it's not like a reliant job Avenue so much anymore. It's almost like, 
you can't rely on radio the same way you used to be able to do like in the nineties and even like the early two thousands. Um, and you know, even before the nineties, obviously, but I don't want to say you were better off getting out of it, but it (laughs) seemed like it might've been a better move for you. (laughs) Well, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I didn't necessarily see it at the time because I was like so confused and like kind of bitter because I had a contract and I was like, Oh, I have job security. Yay. But apparently that didn't matter. So I didn't want that to happen again. And then I was like, how much of a future do I even have? Or how much of a future does this industry have? And like, am I going to just be putting up with this and getting fired like every other year with with like a different company? And I was like, I don't have the patience for this. I'm not a very patient person. So that's where I was like, yeah, I think I need to kind of like do something else. So yeah, so I'm, I'm very glad to be out of it. And then also the company that I worked for fired a bunch of people for the the pandemic situation. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have gotten fired anyway if I didn't get fired last summer. So Oh snap. Yeah. That's, so it's kind of interesting. That's crazy though that you still like you know, you interned at this place that's very well known and then you were I mean, even the place in in Philly that you were working in is still a pretty well known yeah, radio station. Place. Like yep. that's mm-hmm. that's I mean that's pretty awesome like that's an awesome thing to have on your resume <laughs> like yeah, yeah i was the host well, of this uh, radio station i thought so um but i don't know how much like clout that carries like you were saying like radio had so much more cred like back in the day even before like the internet started being so much more prevalent and like streaming platforms and like you you said like everybody has a podcast and like mm-hmm. you know you don't have to go pay for four years of college to have a podcast and like basically that's what i did so yeah <laughs> like, and it's like, that's why I, I really enjoy still doing my podcast because I, I like broadcasting and I like talking to people and I like talking about music, but it's a much more enjoyable way to do it because I'm doing it myself. So, so now that we're on that note, uh, let's talk about your podcast a little bit. You have the ladies of metal show. Uh, when did you start that and what made you start? So ladies of metal is a, like a metal and hardcore kind of like promotions company. Um, okay. and- also a modeling agency. So we get in touch with like metal and hardcore bands. And then we do like photo shoots in their merch or like anything that they need us to do at shows or like we're in like music videos and like album art and things like that. So it's kind of like this resource for like the underground community. But since it's called Ladies of Metal, when I got accepted as a model back in like 2012, I was like, there's no like musical aspect of this company. So I started an online radio station for them. And I programmed it. So I put like, you know, bands we worked with, like songs on there. And like, I would pop in and like do some like talk breaks. It was like a real radio station and it would broadcast 24 seven. And I actually still run that out of my house. Um, So that's just called Ladies of Metal Radio. And then that's not like super interactive because people can't like call in. So I was like, I think maybe this would be cool to do as like more of like a podcast type of thing. So I started that in um, 2017. I guess I've been doing it for three years. And since I was working full time in radio, I like couldn't do it as much as I wanted. But now I'm like killing it in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like hitting up my band dude friends and like record labels are just like available. And it's like, so it's been like so much fun. And so basically it's like interviews. So um, in real life, not like not in quarantine, I go to shows and then I'll do interviews like backstage with like, either all or some or one of the bands that are on the tour 
And then, yeah, and then it just streams wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called Ladies of Metal Show. It's really fun. Now it's just been quarantine episodes. So it's like kind of seeing what bands are doing to like reschedule tours, maybe like delay album releases or like what their plans are for the rest of the year. So, yeah, so it's, it's like quick, though. It's not like super long episodes or anything like that. It's kind of like, what's the scoop with this band? And then, you know, and that's it. But it's right. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So not ridiculous like my show where it's over, you know, <laughs> two hours an episode. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it's not it's not like um, it's not like a chat. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's like I am interviewing this band for like a reason and we're getting out of there because yeah. usually they have to go play. Yeah. So um, I can't like really talk to them for like a super long time. So that's kind of more like why it's like a shorter type episode. Right on. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I, what's the one YouTube thing I used to watch? I think it's called like Loudwire, where it's like, they'll yeah. have, you watch that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll like sit down with, uh, I think it's Loudwire. They have the uh, Wikipedia, like fact or faked or yeah. like facts or like That's real or not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll have like the different like bands sit down with them and then they'll like read through the Wikipedia and like, you know, when you were in high school, your best friend was a poodle. And it's like, no, <laughs> you, know, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, if people want to watch that, sure. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's, good co- that's good content right there. That's so, funny. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you're into metal. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm assuming like different different grades of metal. So like death metal, new metal. Are you into like punk, pop punk? Oh, geez. Okay. So <laughs> um, I do like pop punk, um, but like you know, I guess old emo stuff counts as pop punk, like Fall Out Boy and Take It Back Sunday and all that. But then I like new school pop punk, which is like the story so far and movements. I don't know if anybody's going to know who these bands are, um, but they're kind of like new school. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, and, um, but then I also listen to most, I guess like my most listened to metal genre is metalcore. So okay. like August Burns Red, um, The Devil Wears Prada, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but then I also like hardcore, which is like Knocked Loose, Gideon. I guess the ghost inside might fit in there. So like, I don't want to say scene bands. Okay. But like, not like you can, you can still understand what they're saying. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. I don't really listen to too much death metal because I like to know what they're saying. Like the lyrics. You like like harmony. Yeah. And like melodic stuff. Like one of my favorite bands is counterparts. um, And they're, I guess listed as a hardcore band, but like, Man, like the lyrics are like poetry and people might be like, I didn't know that that was like from a metal song. But like, man, if you just read the lyrics, they're right. So, yeah. So I guess I'm more on. I don't want to say the hot topic side of things, but kind of. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of. Yeah. Oh, man. August Burns Red, Devil Wears Prada. I used to listen to them back in the day. The most recent band I think I started listening to uh was uh from ashes to new have you listened to them yeah i've heard them i'm not like super familiar but um i used to have to play like one of their songs on the radio in atlantic Mm -hmm. city because i worked at a rock station and they were like up and coming even though they've been around for like a while but i I think we were starting to play them overnight which is when we play like heavier stuff and i was like oh okay that's so Mm. cool like this band's like coming up on the radio dang so yeah yeah they 
they caught my attention because I'm very much into like rap core. So like Linkin Park is my favorite band of all time. I love Linkin Park. Okay. Uh, I like Hollywood Undead, Papa Roach, old Papa Roach. I liked uh, a lot of new metal and whatnot from back in the day. But when I heard them for the first time, I was like, oh, Yay. my God, it's rap core. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, exactly. Rap core. Wait, so I've like never heard that, but that makes so much sense. More so than I would say new metal. I like rap core. That's funny. Yeah, it could go either way, rap core, new metal, because, I mean, you could even say, like, Cypress Hill is kind of like a rap core, uh, but yeah. they're, you know, and yeah, uh, um, what's the new uh, rap? What is that? Prophets of Rage? Yeah, the Rage Against the Machine and Cypress Hill collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could get a little rappy in there. Yeah, I'm not a not a big rap guy, but. I do appreciate the change up. I think that's even like why, like, uh, you know, like Slipknot. I love when Corey Taylor goes from like screaming and yelling and then he goes into like you can understand what he's saying more (laughs) when he's Um, actually like, you know, pretty vocalized voice and everything. Yeah, he's like so impressive. I'm not like, you know, like a diehard Slipknot fan, but I do appreciate him as a vocalist because a lot of bands would just have two singers. Mm hmm. But he just does both, which is great. So yeah. good for him. And like, what a cool guy. Like, I, I follow him on Instagram, which like, I don't know if that's real life, but he just seems so cool. So yeah. <laughs> what a cool guy. It might actually be him. I I think he's one of the greatest singers in, in metal or like in heavy rock. Uh, yeah. I've always appreciated him since like middle school. It's uh, And he's got like five different bands, too. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Such a, like, uh, Stone Sour, I think is his other one. Yeah, Stone Sour. Great. And then he does, uh, he also does single, like, he'll go on, like, a solo tour sometimes where he'll play, like, acoustic sets, like. Oh, damn. Yeah, if you look him up on YouTube, he did, I think he does, like, a cover of Prince Little Red Corvette. (gasps) Wow, that is, like quite a, a far cry from Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild. The first time I heard it, I was like, what What's the happening? fuck is this? <laughs> but, it's, but it's good. He sings it so good. Well, yeah, uh, he's a good singer, too, just like, I mean, metal aside, he's great. That's yeah. so cool. All right, so you went from radio, and now you're doing the, the podcast for Ladies of Metal Show. And another form of entertainment you do, you also do stand-up. Yeah, so um, I started doing stand-up in 2016, I think. I took a class, like a stand- how to write like stand-up, like a set, basically, at Helium in Philly. And I was like, it's something I always wanted to do. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. And it was like my Christmas present to myself kind of thing. And I was like, if I'm bad at this, at least I tried. And I'll just it'll just be like a bucket list thing. But I ended up like really liking it. And I've always really enjoyed writing, like creative writing, short stories, like all kind of things, like all through my life. Um, so I don't know why I maybe doubted it, but it was so interesting and in, like how you structure a set, like, and you basically memorize it just like how you memorize like a monologue or a script if you're shooting like a, a film, basically. And I didn't know that. And I thought that was so interesting. And um, I started doing more shows in Philly um and also in jersey like at some of the shore towns and i got kind of like linked up with this promoter guy and i did a bunch of shows with him and like king of prussia and like valley ford so that was like kind of moving me out like west of philly a little bit 
And then once I was kind of working full time in Philly at the radio station, I didn't really have a lot of time to do it. And my sleep schedule was kind of weird. Like I was waking up at like three o'clock in the morning to go to work. So I couldn't really do stand up as much. But now, like recently, I've been getting back into it like hardcore. And it's been so much fun before the pandemic. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. So I've been kind of been, I guess, writing or like coming up with more like premises since I've been having a lot more free time lately so yeah so I I'm kind of sad because I was like really getting back into my my stand-up groove and I was like booking some shows and then it's like nope everything's canceled so um but I'll definitely be getting back into that once we're allowed right on I think you posted what was it I it was definitely but before quarantine I think you posted something on Facebook like it was one of your sets and you're really funny your jokes are good Thank you. Yeah, I think um, that was the YouTube video from like Punchline, maybe in Philly. And because a lot of places like don't let you film, which is weird, but they didn't care. So I was like, yay. Uh, <laughs> and that was like um, kind of a new a newer set that I had put together. And that was my first time doing some of those jokes. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to go over. <laughs> but yeah. it was so fun. And like, honestly, like, I don't really care if people like it. Yeah. So that's also kind of weird. But if I think it's funny, I'm gonna do it. So yeah, so that one was really fun. And I was like, okay, cool. Like people were seem to be kind of like into it. And um I guess another thing is like you don't know if people are gonna like get it or like relate to what you're saying. But it seemed to go over really well. And that was another reason why I was so excited to be like doing stand up. And then everything got canceled. So Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was a good set. Yeah, it was really funny. And even like your your opener, I'm not going to like drop your jokes on here, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> your your opener, like you do something. It's a it's a classic stand up move. And mm-hmm. you start off with that. You grab the crowd's attention and then you just go with it. And yeah, the rest of your set was it was it was good stuff. Like you're really funny. I, I'm glad that like you're going to keep continuing to do that after like the pandemic's over and everything, too. Yeah, for sure. I always get like after um, the shows and stuff or like on social media, people always say something about my first joke because it's like a huge misdirect. Um, <laughs> and I'm always like, oh, should I stop doing it? Because like, I don't want to be like gimmicky, I guess, or like if enough people hear it. But like, it's so I think it's so great. Like, it's like the best thing I've ever written in my life. It's a so. good opener. Like it is such <laughs> yeah. a solid opener. It's really good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes me laugh. So that's kind of like how it got in there. Yeah, I think I hit you up even like probably what was it like? I don't remember when it was. It feels like it was a month ago when I told you I was looking at getting into stand-up. Yes. And I'm looking forward, I mean, minus the fact of getting onto a movie set again or like a, a TV set, but I'm looking forward to getting up on a stage and doing some stand up. And I've got like a whole list written up of uh, of like my whole bits and everything like so uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so exciting. Yeah, I was like super stoked that you were like interested in that because I feel like you would be like naturally calm, maybe like because people um, get so like in their head and like nervous and then it's like not funny but I feel like you're a naturally kind of calm performer so I feel like that's a hurdle right that's like a hurdle that you don't even have to get over so cool 
Thank you very much for that compliment. That was very kind of you. (laughs) I also, I also don't give a shit either. So it's like a huge thing. It's like, I just don't care. I like, sometimes I wish I cared more about like other people's input or like opinions, but I just don't. And maybe that's why I like performing so much because I don't know. I don't get like stage fright or like I'm not like worried about anything. It's just like I, I'm enjoying myself. Like it's just yeah. really fun. Yeah. It's the it's the entertainer in you. It's like as mm-hmm. long as you're entertaining, it's like that switch of caring what people think about you kind of just goes off all on its own. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking, um, remember when we were in our acting class and Quinn asked us like why we want to be actors and like you went on you were like giving him like silly answers of like making making fun of him and his answers and stuff yeah (laughs) that was so funny um but I was thinking about that and I was like you know I think the simple answer for me is just that like I love performing and I love like being weird and I kind of want to like share my weirdness almost like to kind of like get other weird people to see that it's okay to be yourself i don't know like, yeah 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 that's a good answer yeah. i still don't i still don't have an answer for it so you're like five <laughs> steps ahead of me it's hard <laughs> and honestly like nobody's asked me that in an audition but like ever since quinn brought that up in class i was i'm like oh no i need to have my answer ready <laughs> like yeah <laughs> so it, it's yeah. like if, if there's one thing i hate doing it's talking about myself like if someone someone says so what do you do it's like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'd rather be like prompted. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't default to talking about myself ever. Um, unless like someone asks me, but there are, I think more people in the world that do just like kind of come forth with like personal information. And it's like, I don't even know you. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. step yeah. back a little bit, please. Yeah. Pump the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh moving on from stand-up i mean we did talk about this we go to the same acting school mm-hmm. which is how we met and what was it that like made you want to get into acting and become an actor i guess since like last summer i signed up for i guess it was like background work for the army of the dead like the zombie show that they were filming in atlantic city mm-hmm. and i was like oh cool i already live there um so <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I guess I'll try. I don't think they're going to pick me. But, like, the description that they put on line, it was, like, exactly me. It was, like, petite, athletic, females, or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Um, and then they did pick me. And I'm also always worried because, like, I have kind of a weird look, like, weird hair and, like, a lot of tattoos and stuff. So, um, but I, I got, like, a all about it and I was like yeah let's do it because I was in a real YOLO mood after I got fired yeah (laughs) I was like yeah we're doing it um and I ended up being on set for like nine days over three weeks and it was like the most fun I had in like over a year probably and I was getting paid to do it and I was like wow I've been like missing out on all this for like a long time so after that, and it was like such a positive experience and I made like a whole bunch of friends. I was like, yeah, I think I could do this like for real. And that's when I looked into our acting school because I was like, oh, well, I don't want to just be like a background actor. Like that's kind of a good like side hustle, I guess. Yeah. But I want to be like a, you know, like a like an actual actor. So 
um, I was like, well, I think that would kind of help me see if I really like this. Yeah. So I took like the kind of like the basic commercial acting class first. And I was like, even though this is really short, like things that you have to memorize, I was like, this is like so fun. Like it was like the fastest two hour class ever. And then I immediately like signed up for the next one, which is where I met you. Mm-hmm. And that was so fun. That was like audition, like mock audition things, which I thought was really fun because it was all different types of like stuff that you might have to audition for, like monologues or commercials or like really short scenes or really long scenes and like multiple people. I don't know. It was just like, like I didn't expect it to be that much fun, but I had a blast. So yeah, so I guess that's kind of why I got into it because I was having such a good time. So. That's awesome. So like on a whim, you saw that they were casting Army of the Dead and you're just like, oh, let me try this. And yeah. you did. And then you worked and you worked and then you decided it's fun. Yeah. Let me try it out. And so that's that is such an awesome story. I can't even imagine that like being my, <laughs> a thing where I'm just like on the on the Internet one day because I've like where I work now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be there. So it's like right? I'm I'm always look I'm always looking for jobs and it's like I never find anything. So it's like it's such an amazing story like to hear this that yeah. you were just it you just happened to come across this. You went, you did it, and then you found a passion for it. That is it's such a great story. Yeah. And I think it was <clears throat> it was so crazy to me like how much I enjoyed it compared to like the 10 years that I was in radio <laughs> and yeah. like not making very much money and like having to work like three jobs at once. And then like, yeah, maybe like now I'm not making a ton of money doing acting, but I'm having like the best time. And I was never having the best time doing radio. So if I'm making about the same amount of money and I'm enjoying myself way better and my like mental health is way better, like, it, it was kind of a no-brainer. I don't know. So, yeah, it was kind of like a whim. But yeah. like I said, it was a YOLO time. I was like, I'm just going to do anything. Woo! And then it ended up being awesome. So I'm glad that I did it. That's awesome. I'm very happy for you. That's that's such an yeah. awesome story. Yeah. Yeah, see, my be- my plan at the beginning of the year was I was going to quit my full-time job. <laughs> oh, my and, God. Uh, I was planning on quitting my full-time job in like uh and the beginning of March. <laughs> and I'm happy I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Wait, so what is your full-time job? I, I'm not gonna say on here. I'll I'll tell you after, but uh Okay, it's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. You're uh, a guy. uh no. <laughs> it's a secret. Okay. <laughs> But I was I was planning on going full time into acting and, you know, this quarantine happened. And then I was just like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, can you work from home? No. Okay, darn. Well, (laughs) well, I guess you can get unemployment from them. Oh, yeah, I'm on I'm on unemployment. But it's like I'm thinking back if I had quit, like, let's say I quit my job at the end of February. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to claim unemployment. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be working as an actor. So I would, I wouldn't have my house, Right, right. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I wouldn't know what to do with my dog. Me and him would probably be living on the street somewhere. And right. You know. But you would get way more money because you have a dog. If oh, were- like if I was begging. Yes. My dog needs food. Put money in my cup. Yeah. People <laughs> love homeless dogs. So yeah. that's a pro tip. 
I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind if I do end up on the street. But <laughs> we hope you don't. But like, wow, that was really great that you didn't quit your job. That's yeah. Like, that's like I don't know if fate is the right word, but because this yeah. all kind of does feel very fate like. Yeah, it's like I don't want to say things happen for a reason like fate, but you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a good thing I didn't quit my job, and it's awesome you went out on a whim to work on Army of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just hope it actually comes out this year because all of the productions are halted. So I don't know how far they got as far as post-production. So, Oh, that was supposed to be coming out this year on Netflix. Yes. So it's like Zack Snyder's follow-up to Dawn of the Dead, which came out in like 2004. Oh, wow. That's right. So, um, yeah. So this is like kind of another story but still like zombie kind of apocalypse type of stuff. But it was supposed to come out, I think, in December like of 2020. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But I'm like, I've been like so pumped because I was in like a bunch of different types of scenes. And I'm also yeah. in the like the EPK. So in some kind of like promotional trailer stuff that's going to be on the internet ahead of the release. So I was like, oh man, this is going to be so cool. And then I don't, but now I think it's probably going to be delayed. So uh, I'm going to have to wait, but it was well, fun. See, you have a perfect image too, for a zombie movie, like y- your whole look and everything. Like you fit, mm-hmm. like you saying like, oh, that's me. It, it is you. Like your image does fit that style yeah. of that genre. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like you're on screen for like a good chunk of time. I hope so. It's weird because as the I guess the movie goes on, like the zombies get like more zombified. So like mm-hmm. I'm a I'm like a new zombie and you can see me and like I'm just wearing like makeup and stuff. But then later on in the movie, I'm like I have like this gory mask on and I have like a cool mohawk and stuff. So like I don't know if you're gonna be able to tell that's me, but like dang. It was like <laughs> It was so fun. And like, I didn't expect to be on set for like nine days for that. But, um, but yeah, but it was so much fun and I really want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Seeing everybody that like, I know that worked on that one. I did apply for that one. I thought I was a perfect figure and everything. I applied twice and I never heard anything. (gasps) Rude. Yeah. Cause I mean, was it the same for guys like kind of like, athletic like slim sort of tall kind of stuff yeah yeah same thing they also had like alpha zombies so those were like bodybuilder dudes that was like a different day so obviously i was not there that day um (laughs) (laughs) so but um yeah so they're like like the leader of zombie groups i guess but um yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't have called you. That's so weird. Yeah, I was so bummed out because I remember talking to Quinn, too. I was like, yeah, Quinn, I would be perfect for a zombie, right? He's like, yeah, dude, you're thin as hell. And like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can like twerk your body all weird. And I'm like, I was like, I know, man, man. But That's then what? so rude. <laughs> I know. So rude. Well, then what was it? Probably like, I don't know, a month or so later than we got uh, bruised. Yes. Yeah, that which, was in November. Yeah. Um, which was like mostly at Boardwalk Hall. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I mean, I don't know if we can really brag about that too much because we're in like crowd shots. 
It's like when people brag about like Creed, Creed Two, and stuff. Yeah, it's like who who in this area wasn't in Creed Two? I mean, me because I wasn't on the I wasn't in the game yet. But like any set you go to, it's like, well, I was in Creed Two. It's like okay, so it was like literally ten thousand people. So yeah, in this area, I was. I was in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's like, no shit. M. Night Shyamalan always films in Philadelphia. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, so cringy. Like, people just need to relax. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, technically, yes, we are in Bruised. Um, thanks, Halle Berry. But, like, are we, though? <laughs> no. We're very fuzzy. Not really. <laughs> the fuzzy. The blur in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, oh man, real quick story. The first day of Bruised, I remember they did the first shot where uh, Holly Berry like enters the ring. Yes. And I remember I was like, it was me and Lada and we were both like right up front and everything. We're standing there against the thing. I was like, oh, I think we're going to get like good screen time here. And they were like, Uh can you guys move all the way to the end? And I was, so we had to move all the way to the end. And then the camera stopped right before us. And I was like, I was like, I mean, we're here for a paycheck. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you didn't have to commute. You didn't have to, like, go to New York City. Um, yeah. Thanks for the money, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am thankful for Bruised because that's where I got my three waivers mm-hmm. for SAG. So I wasn't, like, really planning on joining SAG for a while. But I was like, I mean, thanks. So now I can just kind of sit on those until i'm ready to join so thanks for that i guess um yeah have you worked any other like union jobs since then yes um i did three in new york um one was for like a cw show one was for an hbo show and the other one was for something on hulu Mm -hmm. and i i think they all came out except the hulu one um but i'm like (laughs) I'm like a little blue blob <laughs> in like the one. I was like, that's me. Um, <laughs> and I was there for like 14 hours. And I, I, was, I just watched it the other day. I was like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> so no. you will not see me bragging about that on social media. And I was in, um, I was, well, I was supposed to be in that Dispatches from Elsewhere one mm-hmm. that shot in Philly. With uh, Jason Siegel. Yeah, and I was supposed to get another waiver for that, but it's actually good that I didn't because then I would have had to join SAG, I think. Um, so, yeah, luckily I didn't. But the ones in New York City were really fun, but I don't know about, like, screen time versus, like, driving all the way up there and paying a bunch of tolls. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, that's where you got to start thinking about that. Like, if if it's for background work, like, yeah, background's good money. But if you're paying the money to get the background money, it's it, it's like yeah. it's like a catch twenty two. It's like, yeah, you get time on a movie set, but you know, but do you though? <laughs> I mean, you get to stand around at least, and like, just I don't know. I, I I myself just love like being there in the atmosphere and everything. You know, I don't I don't take background work that seriously because, right. like you said, you can't really can't brag about being in the background of a movie. I was watching yeah. the show on uh, on Netflix called Love. Uh huh. Oh yeah. At, I like did you watch it? Yeah. I I just finished it. It was a good show. Yeah, it's cute. And uh. Yeah. I'm watching the one episode and they're bowling and 
I looked at like this one guy in the background because he was so distracting uh-huh. the way he was moving. And I was like, yo, come on, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> I, and then I was, how did somebody not tell him like, Hey, in the next take, can you like not do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just got overlooked, I guess. But like, I'm watching and I'm like, and then it hit me. I was like, I've never paid attention to anybody in the background before. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's definitely like, it's good for you to get work and get money and whatever, but like, it's definitely not something to brag about. No. And honestly, like <clears throat> I kind of flipped on Facebook like a couple weeks ago because uh-uh. I have some, like, I want to say actor friends, but they're not like, like they have like normal jobs. So mm. acting isn't kind of like a serious thing for them or it's not like their full-time kind of job, I guess. But they post like Facebook photo album of like 48 pictures of them on like an episode of CSI and they have to circle themselves and with an arrow because they're so small in the background. <laughs> and, like, and then like, tw- like 200 people write like, congratulations. It's like, yeah. like you're taking like the credibility from people that are like actually trying to like go on auditions for like roles and then people think that you're an actor too. Like, yeah. Uh, so I just like lost it on Facebook a couple weeks yeah. ago. But anywho, yeah, it's like not something to brag about. It's cool when you're there. Yeah. And like you get to see like the whole kind of behind the scenes stuff and the crew. And like sometimes there's like big actors there. But like people are such nerds. Like as far as like trying to talk to like the the principal actors and stuff. And like just uh, like I saw that a lot on Bruised. And I yeah. just like, die. Oh. Uh, Bruised, it happened a lot. There, there is like there is one instance where I saw this woman talking to uh, one of the actors, and I was like, "Woman, shut the fuck up! What are you doing?" Oh, it's just, it makes you look like such a nerd, and it's like not professional. It's not professional at all. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's uh, <laughs> I don't know if you look at my Facebook, I never post any of the jobs I work. on. <laughs> No, like, honestly, unless it's, like, a short film where I am a lead role, yeah. I'm happy posting about it, so. Yeah, if it's, like, something like that, like, what was that one you just had, uh, you posted a while ago, Repeated? Yes, and that was, like, a student film at Drexel, mm-hmm. and it was the the girls, like, senior project, so they had to make like a really short, it was like five minutes long, I think. And they had to do all the aspects of it. So it's basically like you're like a one person show. So she had to write it. She had to direct it. She had to edit it. She was doing a lot of like the crew stuff, like lighting. And so it was like cool to watch that. And then it was like a cool concept and I'm looking for a speaking role. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take it. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. So that was like a good experience too. And she was like fast and, we got that whole thing done in like three hours and I was like, dang, okay. It was like nice working with her. So even though it was like five minutes and it was, you know, it's not like going to the film festivals or anything. It was like a cool thing to be a part of. It's a cool thing to be a part of. And it's uh, getting speaking roles is very good, especially where we're at in our careers. Uh, yeah. Having speaking roles, that's good for you. Like you can have it for your reel that you can, you know, once you get enough work, you can put a reel together and, ha- you know, have like your YouTube or whatever. Yeah. You have that right up there if you ever have to send it to an agent or a casting director. Right. So take as many speaking roles as you can get, like even if it's a student project or, you know, a freebie every once in a while, like there's nothing wrong with that for right now. Yeah. And that was like my big plan for this year was to like kind of lock down as many speaking roles as I can. And then at the end of the year, kind of evaluate if I think I'm ready to join SAG or if I'm 
going to maybe take another year to do more projects. But now with this whole wrench being thrown into things, it's like kind of taking up like the time that I was supposed to be working. So I don't know. I feel like I can't make plans anymore because they always get like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Patches a hula hand from dodgeball. The throwing wrenches at my face. (laughs) (laughs) If you can dodge a car, you can dodge a ball. (laughs) Yep. If you can dodge the coronavirus, you can can dodge a ball. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. That's like how I'm feeling about my life right now. So Uh, the worst. uh, Oh, my God. Well, Carly, I can talk to you about acting for hours. And like I said, I don't want to keep you on here for that long. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I say that I say that to Quinn all the time too. Me and him go on rants. <clears throat> uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, it's it's uh even just talking about it. So I'm I'm, I'm shutting up. I'm shutting up. I'm stopping. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> here. Let's get to our main topic here. Okay. Uh which is the Netflix limited series Hollywood, which is created by Ryan Murphy, which uh, if anybody is unfamiliar with Ryan Murphy, he is the same mastermind behind shows such as Glee, American Horror Story and Scream Queens. Uh, Have you watched any of those shows? Yes. So I love American Horror Story. I've seen every season. I definitely have some favorites within the seasons. They're not all gold. Um, yeah, but, but I, I admire the creativity. Okay. I also really, I didn't watch Glee, but I liked the assassination of Gianni Versace, which Darren Chris is in. And he's also in Glee. And he's also in this show, Hollywood. Oh yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he was one of the, well, he's the director in Hollywood. Yes. And he was uh, he was the wobbler in uh, Glee. I did watch Glee, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, I didn't watch it. It was just like not on my radar. I guess I don't know why. I, oh my god, my ex at the time. This I mean, this was way back in the day when Glee was on. My ex at the time was really into it, and I was over her house when her and her mother were watching it, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, I guess I'll watch this. And then I, yeah, I got hooked on it. And I was like, this is a pretty good fucking show. I'm right. digging it. Yeah, it was, it was like a revelation. And it's interesting because I did kind of a deep dive on Darren Chris once I saw that he was in Hollywood. And I was like, that's that guy that plays Andrew Cananen, um in the Versace. Like, he basically shoots Gianni Versace and this whole show's about him. So mm. he's gay in real life. That's a that's American crime story, right? Mm-hmm. The Versace? Okay. Yeah. Um, he's gay in real life and he plays a gay character, obviously in, um, in the Versace show, but he's playing a straight guy in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So I had never like seen him play like a straight character before. And I thought he did so good. Like he was great. Yeah, he was very good. He was Mm -hmm. very good. His character in Glee also. Yeah. He played, uh, I think you might've just said this. He played a, a homosexual in Glee as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I thought that was like kind of a cool thing to see. But then I kind of I don't know if this is fair or not of me. But since Hollywood um, kind of does like a behind the scenes, like behind the glamour look at like the industry in the 1940s, like post World War Two, there was like a shocking amount of like, like gay relationships going on and things like that. So I was like, oh, maybe his character is a, like a gay character in this show, but he has to pretend like he's straight so he can be the director. But then that didn't end up happening. And I was like, oh, I need to just stop at the conspiracy theories and watch yeah. it. <laughs> 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 so 
I was like, why am I so concerned with like his like sexual preference? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that was so silly. I was like, what is wrong with me? But that was also at like one o'clock in the morning. So like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Along with him though, I, I mean, even this cast, this cast is pretty solid too. Like we had uh David Cornsweet, uh Dylan McDermott, Joe Mantello, Laura Harrier, Jake Pickling, Jeremy Poe, Holland Taylor, Jim Parsons. And one of my favorite actresses right now is Samara Weaving. Uh, she was the main reason why I started watching this show. Mm-hmm. And again, she's incredible. Everything I've seen her in is just like amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So I have two notes for you. Mm-hmm. Samara Weaving. I saw her in Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. That movie was so good. So I call her ShopRite brand Margot Robbie. Yeah, a lot of people do. Fondly. Okay. Like, I don't think that she's, like, bad or anything, but, like, she looks a lot like Margot Robbie. Yeah. Um, so, in this show, she plays Clara Wood, and she's an actress of, like, the daughter of the studio, like, head, I guess. And I thought she was going to be, like, a villain character in the first I did couple too. episodes. I was like, ooh, she's going to be, like, a conniving kind of lady. But then, like, I kind of loved her. Like, later on in the series, I was like, okay, she's cool. She's my girl. And then Jim Parsons. So, yeah, so Samara Weaving and Jim Parsons were, like, I think standout characters for me. And I feel like Jim Parsons needs, like, an Emmy. Like, can Netflix get an an Emmy award? No, I don't think they can. Uh, I, I, I mean, I know Oscars, you're not allowed to. I'm not sure about Emmys, though. Maybe. Because it's not TV, technically, but it's like a series. It is a series, uh, yeah. So I feel like I need to like look that up or something. Because his role was, like I feel like, kind of difficult. And he like smashed it. He was so good. I think he's the number one actor in this show that's like being mm-hmm. talked about the most. Because, I mean, he goes from playing Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory to playing this dickhole of an agent. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. And he's the worst so well. Like, he's so good at it. Yeah. So um, I was reading this article on, um, I guess, Time Time Magazine's website um, about each of the characters. And because I didn't know how much of this was real or how much they they kind of, like, took liberty with. And all of the characters are real. And I was, like, so excited about that. And Jim, they really made Jim Parsons kind of look like, Henry Wilson, the, the agent guy. I was like, oh my God, look at that. They Does he, he really looks like him? Yeah, like it was like in the eyebrows and like the hairline. I was like, okay, all right, Sheldon. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I think that really shows like your range as an actor. If like you can make people hate you, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh yeah. Especially if he's like maybe typecast for like a, a nicer guy or like a kind of a nerdy, smart guy. And like here he is being a total asshole and like he's got an agenda and he's like he's making people do like really weird stuff. Man. So, yeah, he, he like needs to get something for this. How that happened for him, because you mentioning typecasting him playing Sheldon. Like, how do you break away from a role like that? You know, how do you. How do you move on from that? I mean, you look at somebody like I'll use Michael Richards from Seinfeld. He played Kramer. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw him and they would see Kramer. But yeah. in real life, he was actually a very good actor. Same thing with Jason Alexander, who played George on Seinfeld. Amazing right. actor. Talented as hell. 
but they only saw these characters on TV. So they never really got much after that. So it's amazing that Jim Parsons was able to do this. And you can tell he's a good actor after I'm listening to us, the conversation we're having about him. Yeah. I was super impressed. And like, I never watched Big Bang Theory. Like, I mean, I know about it and I know the characters and stuff, but I, it wasn't like, you know, something that I got super into. But like, I was very impressed with this new kind of side of him, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. So that I was, cool. I also did not watch Big Bang Theory. I think I saw like a couple episodes, but it wasn't my cup of tea. No. And I mean, like my parents love it and i feel mm-hmm. like it's like a nice safe like mom show yeah but, like i don't know i feel like he was a, a super famous like person to kind of come out of that show though so it's nice to see him like doing more projects. yeah oh definitely that was awesome and then i think another cool kind of spotlight was dylan mcdermott man he was so good he definitely had like a heavy makeup like makeover so he's playing the gas station kind of owner that's maybe a low-key male prostitution ring (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely that yeah (laughs) um, but he's like trying to get these like young actors like started in the business and like try to have like money to be able to do that and He's another person that it's based on a real life guy who worked at a gas station on Hollywood Boulevard. But it was like more of an emphasis on like high class kind of stuff. Like it wasn't like seedy. I don't know. Not that that makes it better, I guess. But it was like a classy escort service. <laughs> yeah, which he did. He called it a did. He, I think he did call it an escort service at, at <laughs> one point. Yeah, because sometimes, like, Jack, like, one of the main characters would just go to, like, functions with Avis, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the wife of the studio head. So, like, they weren't always doing it in a fancy hotel. They were, like, you know, like, she would, like, basically hire him to, like, go to an event with her. So. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that was really going on back in the 40s, which is crazy. Really quickly with Dylan McDermott. I know he's like, uh, I don't don't know what it is about Dylan McDermott, but I mean, obviously, like he's a favorite of Ryan Murphy because I think he's in every show that Ryan Murphy does. Yeah. Yep. He's in Uh, a lot of American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic in this show as well. I completely agree with you. And then picking up with the, uh, you know, the prostitution part in Hollywood back then that was one of the things I mean you know you have the character Jack that you mentioned you start Mm -hmm. the series off with and you follow throughout the whole thing you know he gets back from the war and everything and he wants to be an actor and he gets the job at this gas station and then all of a sudden he's tricked into being a prostitute I mean that's a lot of like what happens to a lot of people that go to they go to Hollywood thinking they're gonna strike it big and they get shisted into some down dirty down and dirty stuff. And yeah. And I mean, especially like, I mean, that might be more of like a, like a metaphor for now. Like, I don't know if, if like people are really getting into like prostitution things out there, but they're probably getting like swindled into things. And like, you probably have to like pay money or like stuff like that. Like, and especially back then in like the forties, um, I guess everybody just cheated. Like there was just a lot of cheating going on mm-hmm. because divorce was so looked down upon. So I guess like something like this and even like with the um, 
kind of like the homosexual kind of like overarching theme, this kind of gas station service provided like, I don't know, an outlet for people that were like having to suppress stuff, which is kind of sad. Yeah, it's it's very sad. Uh, I mean, even when you meet, uh, what was our what was the one guy's name? Uh, the writer. Oh, Archie. Archie. When you meet mm-hmm. Archie for the first time in the movie theater, and then Jack takes him and brings him to you know the gas station to do work, his first person is Rock. Yeah. And you see how uncomfortable Rock is with being here. I mean, Rock is also. I mean, he's. He's a brick. Um, (laughs) You could just see how uncomfortable he is with this whole interaction. And it's like, not that he's uncomfortable, but it's like he's scared. Yeah. And yeah, it it was sad uh, thinking about that now. I mean, all the way up through the 60s, even. I mean, you know, now the days that we live in now, it's, you know, it's it's getting better nowadays. But looking at it back then, it's it's a little sad that it, it had to be hidden. Especially when you see the way that a lot of the characters were treated when Mm -hmm. they were outed. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was sort of weird to me, I guess. Well, first, it is kind of messed up that now is like the best time to be like LGBTQ, but it's still like not great. Mm -hmm. But it took this long. Like, that's just like shameful kind of for like the human race, honestly, that it took us, you know, this long to be like, pretty much okay with it um because in the 40s like people were definitely not cool with it at all and to the point that it was easier to be in an interracial couple than to be like gay yeah which i thought was very interesting in this movie or in this show well that was another thing too with the race factor as well with archie like he writes the script and everything and the second the production head finds out that he's a colored person right he makes it a point where they are going to change his name like they're going to give someone else credit for it yeah which i thought was kind of weird because like how would people know like by his name that he was like african-american that was confusing to me so with that part why they would do that is if there's any photo shoots or anything that have to happen Or like we saw, you know, with the awards, if Mm -hmm. uh, the writer won best scripts, who was going to go up and accept the award? You know, oh, geez, Uh, Uh, that would would be so horrible. Yeah, it's and who was that? uh, Who was it? I think it's the woman that wrote it. This is more sexual than it is race um, Mm -hmm. or gender than it is race. Uh, But the woman that wrote The Outsider, she the way she wrote her name. She wrote it so it sounded like a man wrote the book because at the time when she wrote The Outsiders, you know, women weren't smarter than men. So how would she know? You know? Oh, my so, God. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. I mean, but like also very brave, I guess, to write it at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's just that was sad. That whole I mean, because that kind of carried through the whole series also like the, you know, lesser lesser person type of thing yeah and that was uh it one thing that i really loved about this show too is when they touch on those topics they're not beating you over the head with a political agenda or anything like it's it's not so much like identity politics being thrown in your face like a lot of shows and movies do where it's like it's so apparent 
where it's like, hey, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you understand our message? Do you understand our message? Right. It does it nice and smoothly to a point where it flows with the story and it's not overdone and you can understand it and appreciate it more. And you, you get a little bit more sentimental towards it as well. Right. Yeah. I think it was more of like, um, like show don't tell type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was more of in like a, I don't know, in like a realistic way, like that's how it really was. And I think I liked that the most, like Ryan Murphy didn't like sugarcoat anything really. Like, this is just how it was. And they used words like colored and like, I don't know, like they were talking about um, like the mammy characters and like, mm-hmm. like Orient and like, I don't like that's terrible. But like, that was really how they talked. So I think yeah. the realistic aspect was was good. And I think that helped it not be so like in your face as far as like the racial themes and the gender themes. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. What did you think of the overall story uh, that followed this with all these, like y- you mentioned, it, it is a behind the scenes look at the making of a movie. Yeah. Um, we also see each character go through their own struggles of trying to make it in Hollywood. Like you have several actors, you have, you know, you have the writer, Archie, uh, the director, and, you know, your main cast, what did you think of the overall story of seeing these people try to make their dream come to come true? Um, I thought obviously as an actor, it was very interesting because I didn't know certain things like how they had like contract players. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really interesting thing. Like basically the studio would have like people on the payroll, like actors on the payroll that would be like ready to go for casting if like a project came through and I almost wish that was a thing now because maybe it'd be easier to get a job um or like easier to be considered for roles but yeah there's just so many more people in the entertainment industry now so that might be a lot more difficult um yeah it is it is still it is it is still a thing right now but that's usually meant for like like actors that are like a-list so like if you know like Yes. Uh, I'll use like Disney for an example. Like if they sign, they sign Tom, Tom Holland up to play Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to do a contract where, Hey, we have you in plan for 10 movies. That's I'm just throwing that number yeah. out there. So it's like, he's contracted now. So if they want to use him for a movie, he has to do the movie whether he wants to or not. Yeah. That's what um, I figured happened um, because he was doing the voice for one of the characters on onward, which mm-hmm. picks up. That's Disney. So I was yeah. like, oh, well, he's already in there. So they, they were probably just like, uh, Tom, why don't you do this? Yeah. Um, and then the same thing with like Chris Pratt was a another character in that. And he was in the Marvel movies. And yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, must be nice. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> so, we'll get there one day, Carly. We'll yeah, get there one day. <laughs> I am just, like I said, not very patient. Um, <laughs> so um, I also thought it was it was interesting when they were at the Oscars Mm -hmm. and you know, like the Oscars now there's like a lot of movies that are up for awards and like a lot of different actors. But at the Oscars in this show, there was like five movies or something or six or something. So it was like the same ones kept getting kind of nominated for every category. And I was like, Oh yeah, because they probably had like five big movies come out a year. And I didn't even, I didn't even notice that. 
I was, oh my God, that is like so amazing that you bring that up. I was like, how come they keep naming the same movies over and over? (laughs) Because like they just didn't have probably the money or like the acting, like they didn't have like the crew. I don't know. They just like didn't have like manpower to make like huge blockbuster movies. So like Gone with the Wind was probably like the one movie that came out in 1940. Like, crazy. Fun fact about Gone with the Wind, it's still number one at box office. Nobody... If you you account for inflation throughout the years, Gone with the Wind has made the most money throughout all of cinema. Damn. Even more than, like, Avatar and, like, Titanic and whatever. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, if if you include inflation, uh, number one right now is Avengers Endgame, and then it's Avatar, and then it's Titanic, I think, or it might be Star Wars. But if you're talking inflation, Gone with the Wind has still made the most money. Because That's ticket crazy. sales are also higher, too. So you have to account for that. Um, can I tell you this nerd thing that I do when I watch, like, period pieces? Yes. So I have the inflation calculator, like, in a tab in my phone. Uh-huh. And whenever they say something like, I made $50 in a month. I'm like, oh, man, how much is $50 in 1932? And then, because I, like, need to know, like... I guess in relative terms, like how much people were making. And like in this show in Hollywood, Jack comes home with like $500 and he yeah. like is going to put a down payment on a house. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, how much is $500 in 1940? And it was $9,000. Yeah. What? It's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's why like the one part when they're building the Hollywood sign too, he's like, oh, it's going to be $24,000 to mm-hmm. do this. It's like, I can only imagine what that costs nowadays to build that prop. Um, I don't know why I didn't look that up on inflation calculator, but I should have. But they made that money in a week, apparently, like at the gas station. And then like, you know, Ernie's special mattress stash of money. (laughs) So um, I don't know if that could have been like $100,000 or like how could they have possibly made that much? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, That's wild that you bring that up. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Were you, so one thing with this show, not, this is like the one thing that was kind of like, it was hard to get into at first. Okay. Did you find that at all? Or were you like immediately hooked on it? Um, so I guess I was kind of immediately hooked because this is, this show was like, so me, like I love like old timey stuff, like period stuff. Um, and then the pretty much, I think the first scene Jack is like waiting outside the studio gates with a big crowd of actors to see if like they can get cast as extras and I was just like oh my god like that's like my life um but instead of waiting outside the studio you just like sign up on an app on your phone so kind of the same thing but you know Jack obviously didn't want to be a background actor but I I was like identifying with that like kind of sentiment I guess and how hard it was going to be for him and he like was still signing up for it so I I was kind of hooked right away I would it took me so I have this rule with TV if I'm not hooked by the third episode I drop it okay that's fair I I wasn't hooked by the third episode but since we're in quarantine I continued to watch it and uh are different now yeah no rules apply in quarantine everything's a free for all uh I probably started getting hooked probably halfway maybe towards the end of episode four and definitely by episode five I was hooked 
Yeah. And that's more than halfway through the season because it's only seven episodes. But yeah. So what um what happened that you were like, oh, okay, this is legit. It was the characters. Uh the characters really are what ended up doing the turnaround for me. Like I got mm-hmm. so invested in like these people trying to make this movie and I was so like it's the and it's also the background, the behind the scenes of it where it's like yeah. how they were trying to make this movie with the budget. Um, you have your uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Dick and Ellen. Yeah. Those two. Those are probably my two favorite characters in this show. Oh my god! Yeah. So Dick is the producer. Yeah. Right. And Ellen is kind of like the casting lady. Yeah. 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 They they were the. Those two. She was also coaching. Uh, it was kind of hard to see what. I mean, they were. They both. They were. I think they were both producers. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of like older too. Like they're older than the actors. Like the actors are all kind of yeah. like twenty something, thirty somethings. Yeah. You know, even like the director is kind of younger. But these two were like seasoned vets in the industry, and yeah. like, yeah. So it was kind of cool to see them get behind this this movie that they were making too. Yeah. So, it was, it was awesome. So that their character development, like, you know, they were best friends and then there was like a possible love thing going on there. But then mm-hmm. without, you know, saying too much, like they, it didn't happen. And just their overall journey together with all these other get characters coming together. But you also still have to deal with the lawyers and everything of the show, which that's where it got in- exciting as well. Yeah. Um, when you had the, uh, Avis, who was the wife of the, the CEO of the, the production company mm-hmm. or, uh, whatever he was. And, you know, you got invested in her and like, you're rooting for all of these people. And that, that's where I was like, oh man, come on. Yeah, this is a good show. Right. <laughs> Whereas before yeah. I was like. Before I was kind of like, I don't, I don't understand. But then once I got into it, I was so into it. And I, I, I'm surprised it was only seven episodes. Yeah. I thought, well, it wasn't abrupt how it ended. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Yeah. But I think they could, yeah, they could have done more, like, especially with the movie that they were filming. Like once everything got like the green light and everything was okay. Like, I feel Mm. like I could have used like some more of that, but yeah, especially because seven is a weird number. It's usually like eight or ten or like twelve. Yeah. But I mean, whatever. Like we said, the rules don't apply anymore. So that's yeah. fine. And it's limited, limited series, so they're not gonna like make a bunch of seasons or something like that. So right. I was I was gonna say something on on that note. Shoot. Oh, um, okay. So one of my favorite things in TV shows is when you meet all the characters separately. And then they end up all meeting or knowing each other like later on in the series. So that's kind of what happened with this one. And I was like, oh, they all know each other from like the gas station. And then with the clients, like, you know, and like Avis ended up being like a boss bitch. Um, She wasn't just like somebody that was going to the gas station to like pick up a dude. She ended up being like high up and like really um, integral in, in like the movie getting made. And I just thought that was so cool so i think that's part of like the rooting for the characters like once you figure out that like they're all friends and interconnected and they all meet each other yeah so that was very cool that that was very cool too i'm totally with you on that too like when you have those characters that have never met before 
And then, mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to say, uh, I don't know if you remember the show Heroes. Um, I didn't watch it, but I remember, like, it being on. Yeah. So there's, uh, in that show, it's like all these characters are spread out throughout the country and throughout the world and everything. And then they cross paths every so often. And it's like, oh, shit, these two are on screen together. And then, oh. you know, by the time you get to the final episode, they all come together. And it's like so exciting. So, yeah, I'm totally with you with that. When you see these characters in the show come together, yeah. it's the same feeling. That's Yeah, it's so like. I don't know. I feel like I'm part of their group or something. Yeah. Um, and when the show's over, I'm like really sad. <laughs> um, but I thought that it was it was really cute, especially when like Jack and Archie and Rock were like all friends and like they they had to bring in um, the director guy to kind of like make like we were talking about. They had to make all the money for the the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Um, and it was like bro, bro time, like bro hangs. They were like, we're going to fix this. Uh, I, yeah. I loved that. I thought that was so cute. Yeah, that was a dope yeah. scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the other things with this show, like in the background, it really did come down to who you know. Did you notice that? Yes. So I had a note here for you. I was going to ask you if there's anything you didn't like about the show. <laughs> because my big thing was that I hate the it's all who you know aspect of the entertainment biz um and I thought this really came out when Henry Wilson the agent aka Sheldon was so taken with Rock Hudson and he never did an audition he never did a monologue in his office or anything like that and then he just got a screen test and then he was bad so (laughs) That's annoying because that happens now, too. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of like it doesn't matter if you're good or not. It matters if, like, your dad owns the company. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, right. So that that was a huge thing. It's like it's all who, who you know and who, who you've met. And, you know, if you don't meet, if you don't meet the right people, then, like, you're not going to get a gig. Yeah. Basically. It happened to a lot of these characters, too, because... I mean, when they're sitting down watching the the screen tests uh, of Rock and Avis says, yeah, he's him. It's him. I don't need to see any of the other ones. And it's like when that part happened, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This guy is terrible. I I was like, how? And it it was just because uh, Jim Parsons character saying you have to put my my guy in this movie. And. But then when you see the they say, let's watch another one. And then it's Jack up on the screen. Well, she knows Jack. And that's how mm-hmm. I mean, he was good, though. But still, yeah. yeah, she knew him. Right. So, yeah, that probably balanced the scales a little bit for him, because if she didn't know him, she would have been like, yeah, I'm not watching this. We're going with rock. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Jack's way of getting to know her is like kind of he earned it kosher, but like (laughs) yeah, but he definitely earned it. Um, cool, (laughs) good for him. Um, (laughs) uh, I will say though, like as a side note, maybe lumped in with like some stuff that I was maybe surprised by or didn't like a lot. Um, Netflix given the green light to a lot of male nudity in this show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
mean, like, I'm not a big, like, I always feel like nudity is kind of like a cop out. Like, yeah. do you really need it? Like, can you just like allude to it and then like get on with it? Mm-hmm. But like, it was a lot of male nudity, you guys. <laughs> it, it was a Whoa. lot. What was it? The the pool party? Like yeah, the, the pool party with the camera. All men? Yeah. I think it was all men. And it was just like, looked like a real great time. I mean, who doesn't love the pool party? But wow. A lot of, a lot of swinging going on at that there pool party. No swim trunks. I was like, it wasn't like warm. I hope it was warm. Like at yeah. least. Oh, <laughs> oh <bored>. no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe Netflix like let that fly. Dang. Yeah, yeah this show has like a lot of I don't know like important themes and stuff in it. So I guess that kind of like counterweighs this the stuff like male nudity. So yeah. I mean, even Amer- Ryan Murphy's other shows, especially American Horror Story. I mean, there's a lot of graphic material. Yeah, uh, I and mean, that's even on <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's on FX. So, like the amount of butts I've seen on on American Horror Story and like side boob and like oh yeah and also gore i guess too like there's yeah stuff like that was um sons of anarchy on fx or was that on amc that was that was also fx yeah okay because there was a lot of jack's butt on that show too yeah (laughs) that's like that was a lot of charlie hunnam male nudity so yeah if you if you if he wasn't naked at least once in a season, it wasn't a perfect season, apparently. I mean, I guess you got to give like the middle aged lady is what they want. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to you gotta throw a bone to the moms. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Was there anything you didn't like about the show? Honestly, other than it starting off slow, the whole aspect of who, you know, but, you know, we talked about the identity politics that that I thought was done well. There were some points where it was like might have been a little too much, but it, it still didn't take away from it. I thought it did a lot better than a lot of other shows and movies do. It seemed like an appropriate level. And mm. I mean, obviously, we weren't there. We don't know. But it seemed like yeah. there was way more like kind of homosexuality going on than I ever would have thought. Like so many of the characters are gay in the show. And when you think of the 1940s, you think of like these, you know, dudes with nice haircuts and suits and like everybody was so polished and put together. And then it's like this kind of like draw back the curtain thing. And like everybody was hiding something. It was like it was kind of it made me feel kind of sad. Yeah, that's what (laughs) (laughs) I feel kind of sad. I was like, oh, no, like is everybody's like grandparents like repressed like. What kind of life is that? Yeah, I mean, that's why, I mean, we're not there yet, but it's like, we're getting better as time goes by, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, you had it back then where people booed at a black man for winning an award. You don't, you don't see that now, you know, like, you know, things are getting better. There still is issues. There still are issues out there. It's just, I'm, I'm glad we don't live back then. Yeah. And I think people try to um, glamorize that time in like the 20s and, you know, like the golden age and different things like before the Depression and after World War II. Like those two times, people are like, oh, I wish I lived back then. It's like you don't because 
I mean, if you look behind the scenes a little bit, it was like not great, yeah. especially as a as a woman. That's not the time that you wanted to live like at all. So yeah, no. Um, yeah. Maybe if you're like a straight white guy, then you can time travel to whatever you yep. want. But like, but I think it's it's silly when people say stuff like that. Like, oh, I wish I lived in the forties. Woo! Like, because of the fashion. Like, no. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing spectacular about it. <laughs> no. You mentioning that there's a movie that's actually coming out about time travel. I forget what it's called. I think it's called. It begins with uh, that's terrible it begins with an a <laughs> <laughs> um well i love time travel movies so do you know who's in it uh i don't i'm i'm actually trying to look it up right now uh it's i think i'm pretty sure it's coming out this year in october maybe but it's uh it's a time travel movie about a group of black people going oh. back in time and they go back to the days of uh it's a horror movie hmm put that into perspective okay. it's i'm actually really intrigued i think jordan peele is actually producing it oh of course okay i was gonna say if it's a horror movie i bet it's like the get out folks yeah because they're they're just like killing it cool well i mean i love a sarcastic time travel what a cool genre all right because <laughs> you know there's going to be like a little like a little note in there he's always got if it's jordan peele he's always got like something he needs you to know yeah so that's fun but yeah i mean i usually really like like period pieces like i love like downton abbey and like titanic and like i don't know that all that kind of stuff but i like to learn from it like i'm always like googling stuff i'm like oh man i gotta like deep dive on everything on here not necessarily that i'd like to live back then but so here's the thing i'm actually not a fan of period uh period pieces Okay. <laughs> so I think that might have been why it was so hard for me to get into this one. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that might be it. I mean, did you were you just interested because it's like about acting and yeah, kind of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the actual like story is what got me into. You watched Down Downton Abbey? Yeah. So I'm like a 68 year old lady on the inside in like every class. <laughs> So I love that show. I watched it all the way through twice and I saw the movie, like a movie came out, which is basically like an additional episode. And I went to see it by myself because I literally like don't know anyone else who watches that show, but I just love their accents and like the fashion and like they're, they're very like rich. It's like a very rich family. And yeah. like, that's unlike anything that I will ever be, you know, a part of. So it's just kind of like a cool little look back i guess right yeah. on but it's an old lady show for sure <laughs> i'm aware <laughs> hey when i was younger uh, i used to watch murder she wrote like oh love that okay that was my jam back in the day so it's not like you know i'm not against the old lady shows or anything but yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> um all right That's so the so title good. the title of that movie is antebellum a, oh like lady antebellum it's a band, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, pull it up real quick. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. So, um, oh crap. What's this girl's name? Janelle Monet. Yes, mm -hmm. she's in it. That's cool. I love her. And it does look like um, it's coming out this year. Hopefully. I mean, unless mm -hmm. it gets like postponed. Okay, so this is the time-traveling horror movie. I love yeah. it. All right. 
Cool. Good to know. I'll put it on my radar. Yeah. Just because we were talking about like going back in time and why would you want to go back to those times? Like it's actually yeah. been a topic of conversation as why, you know, black people don't want to time travel. And this movie is kind of like playing off of that concept. So okay. it's it's really intriguing. I'm actually pretty excited for it. Cool. Plus, I, I love Jordan Peele. So, yeah, same. <laughs> um, I really liked us. And I liked Get Out, and I've mm -hmm. always been a fan of like Key and Peele. So basically, yeah, like anything that he puts out is great. Um, Google says the release date was supposed to be April twenty fourth. Oh no! No! no. <laughs> Unless, like, maybe we'll just put it on YouTube or like put it on Netflix or something. Like, yeah, they'll they'll hold off like, on it. Oh. They'll hold off like, on it. His movies do way too well in the theaters. They won't. Uh, they won't yeah. drop it on streaming. Oh my god! Yeah, I guess they'll delay. They'll delay it. Yeah, I saw um, a Kumail Nanjiani movie is getting like released in like two weeks, and it was supposed to come out in theaters. I was like, Do you guys like not like money? Like how? How are they gonna do that? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Very weird. I don't. I don't get it either. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, there's talk that movie theaters might not, you know, a lot of them might not be opening up after this. They're, they're going to be struggling afterwards. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing a bunch of people, I guess, on Facebook and stuff, going to, like, drive-ins, kind of. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a movie theater, but you just stay in your car, and then they just, like, project it. Which I guess is cool. That, like, because I've always thought drive-ins were fun. But... It's not the same as like being in the theater. Yeah. So that's going to be, I don't know. I think our industry is going to be very different. I just don't know when they're going to come back because we can't be on set acting with masks on. Yeah. So plus yeah, there's, know. how are you going to shoot a scene six feet apart from one another? You know? Yeah, you can. It... And there's, I mean, probably going to be like, limitations on how many people can be in a certain area like 250 or 100 or whatever and like sometimes there's more people than that on a set like sometimes there's 500 background actors so mm -hmm. i really don't know but this i feel like i don't have the best luck in things and like this would happen like right when i'm like having the best time doing like you know acting classes and going on set and like applying for things and auditioning and then like it's like a screeching halt so mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But this, but watching this show kind of made me like even more excited to get back to work. Yeah. I think when I texted you or uh, messaged you about this, I was like, it's very inspiring. Like after I finished, I finished it and I was like, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to make a movie. Like I, I can't know. wait to. <laughs> yeah. It All sucks right. because I have like six production type like short film indies that i'm cast in but we're just like waiting on when we can film i guess mm -hmm. so i kind of forgot about that because um i haven't heard from any of them since like march because they still don't know um but i'm like oh man like i can't wait to go work with those people and like have six projects come out eventually and like i just wish that we could get back to it now but we, th there's nothing we can do. So I'm just trying to be, you know, as productive as possible and doing auditions and whatever I can do for my house. So, yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Well, 
with Hollywood, uh, almost made it to 730. It's a little bit past. With Hollywood, I mean, anything else that, that you could think of that you'd want to mention? I've, I've pretty much said most of the things. I'm sure there's a million other things. That's what usually happens with TV. There's things that you think about after the fact, but... Think so. I mean, I I wrote out my notes. I'm like a big note person. So I think we got to everything that I was like kind of thinking about and like what I took away from it. I did look up on IMDb if Meg or Peg was a real movie and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, or not that I could find because I was like, oh, I really want to watch that. <laughs> like I wanted yeah. to watch the movie. So yeah, so I was kind of bummed about that. But the the woman that it's based on, Peg Entwistle, she was a real person and that whole story around her is true. So yeah. if that's any consolation, that's kind of a cool thing. But I like that they kind of like took some artistic liberties with her story in the show, in the movie that they made so that it was more kind of inspiring to like the audience. So After I watched that, just like you, I was super inspired. And I was like, I can't wait for that to be me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I don't know. It will one day. You just you just don't ever give up. You keep keep doing it. Um, Yeah. I've been told no so many times and I'm still like, all right, on to the next one. You just you just keep going. Well, that's it. It's like it's not it's nothing personal. It's just like maybe you just didn't fit. And it's also like <laughs> you can't fix your face. So yeah. if you don't look like what they're looking for, then I, I'm like, well, I can't do anything for you. Sorry. Like, yeah. So I think it's not taking it personal is something you got to do in the biz. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Miss Carly. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for coming on and talking to me about this show. Very much oh, appreciate sure. it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was so fun. Um, when I was writing up my notes, I was like, I feel like I'm writing like a book report or something. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I should like submit this for like something. I don't know. I was like, I need an A on this. So this is really cool. And it also like kind of made me um, go through like my favorite parts of the show. So I was like, no, I'm like appreciating it even more. So thanks for asking me to be on the show. That was so Absolutely. Fun. Hey, if you, uh, I say this to everyone that comes on, usually if you're a fun person to talk to, uh, I say you're welcome back anytime. If there's ever anything you watch, you want to talk about, hit okay. me up and uh, we can, you know, put something together for it. Cool. I have maybe an idea. Um, so I'll, I'll message you about it. Okay. And you're like thinking about it yeah you are welcome to come back because this was a uh, this was a lot of fun yeah same i've been doing like zoom meetings with like a bunch of ladies what we like work out in the living room so it's nice to see like one of my friends and <laughs> you know i haven't seen you forever so i know it's um, been yeah, mad long <laughs> yay well obviously you've got some stuff you want to plug let's uh what you got yeah. Okay, so we talked about my podcast for a little bit in the beginning. It's called The Ladies of Metal Show. If you listen to metal or if you appreciate heavy music or you just like hearing about cool bands, I don't know, um, check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search The Ladies of Metal Show. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at Hair Metal X because I do hair and I love metal. Hair Metal X. Um, that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. And I guess my website is Carly Gwen, K-A-R-L-E-G-W-E-N dot Weebly 
weebly.com, W-E-E-B-L-Y. Yeah, so that's like where all my acting stuff is. I feel like I have a million websites, but that's like probably the most relevant one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's probably it. I'm not really doing too much as far as like, uh, you know, because normally I would be like, oh, come see me do stand up in Philly. But, but obviously not. So, yeah. Oh, I'm on YouTube, too. If you search Carly Gwen on YouTube, I'm on there, too. Yay. Right on. By the way, I don't think Yay. I ever told you this, but your name is like um, it's like tell me if you've heard this before. You're okay. the superhero's alter ego, your name. Did you have you ever heard that before? No, but I have heard people tell me that it sounds like Harley Quinn, like the same cadence. OK, kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of. That's so funny. So I sound like a superhero kind of villain or something. Well, I don't know, because there's a character called Gwen Stacy, which is a uh, spider woman. Cool. So like, I don't you just it's just the way your name rolls off the tongue. It's like you're it's like a perfect comic book character name. Cool. Well, thanks. That's like the coolest compliment ever. Um, <laughs> it is sadly not my like Gwen's not my real last name. It's like my stage name because my real mm. last name is Polish and it's really hard to pronounce and spell. So and my first name is also spelled weird. So mm. I'm really just trying to like help people out. <laughs> so, oh, that's nice of you. People my, I know because people think my first name's Carl because it's spelled like K-A-R-L-E instead of like normal Carly's. I don't know. So it's like it's already bad. So I'm just trying to like help people out. But yeah, so I thought that that always sounded good. So I've been using that like forever. Right on. So cool. Well, I love that. all right carly again thank you for coming on everybody go check out carly's podcast ladies of metal show and with that being said thank you for tuning into gizmo's corner yet again this has been a dose of the episodics and tune in next time because we're going to be doing that review on the